to discover your destiny in life, you need the Word and the Spirit of God. The Word of God gives you the depths and the Spirit of God gives you the breadth. Welcome with me, Senior Pastor, Destiny Life Christian Center, Reverend Festus Ubu, as it brings to you the creative Word of God you need for life and destiny. So the Lord spoke to us that this month we are going to be looking by the Spirit of God on the kingdom of priesthood. And the kingdom of priesthood is talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of priesthood is the kingdom of God. It's talking about the church of Jesus Christ. In Exodus chapter 19, we see the Lord addressing the children of Israel. And you need to understand that the children of Israel was a type of the church in the wilderness. That's the church in the wilderness. So in Exodus chapter 19 verse 5, Exodus 19 verse 5, it says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. In verse 6, he said, And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. So these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. He said, which it shall be unto God a kingdom of priests. So we see in this kingdom, we don't just we don't have just ordinary believers. We have a kingdom of priests. We have every believer a priest. So God's plan concerning the children of Israel is that after everything. All of them will become a priest. But as if they obeyed the voice of the Lord indeed, which they did not obey the voice of the Lord indeed. But thank God Jesus Christ came and Jesus fulfilled the law and gave us that entrance, gave us that access to become a kingdom of priests. That everyone, every child of God born into the kingdom of God, every child of God that got born again becomes a priest by the reason of the finished work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. So we see this prophetic word being fulfilled in the church, in the new covenant because of Jesus. And so we go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He said, but ye are a chosen generation. They're not a special people. A royal priesthood. So you need to understand first that you were chosen. You were chosen. If you go back to that Exodus 19, you see the difference here. Yeah? He says in Exodus chapter 19, he says, He said, You then you shall be a peculiar treasure. So it didn't start with being chosen. Eventually, in first Peter, he talks about us being a peculiar people. But the first thing you see here is that we were chosen. Hallelujah. Why? Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. So he chose us. And then he says, a royal priesthood. It's a kind of priesthood. That is not just an ordinary priesthood. It's a royal priesthood. You can see the adjective. Royalty describes our priesthood. Now we come to that later. He said, a holy nation, a peculiar people, and why? Why? Why were we chosen? Why are we a royal priesthood? Why are we a holy nation? Why are we a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? Hallelujah. 
So we can see the reason why we have all of the things that God says we have, why we are all of the things that God says we are, is that the reason, the reason is that we will show forth the praises of him who has called us, the praises of God who has called us. In other words, everything that concerns God, everything that concerns his kingdom, we release it. That's what it means by showing forth the praise. The praise is everything that exalts the name of God. So we show them forth. Hallelujah. So we are a manifestation. So if our lives is not manifesting, then it means we are not fulfilling our destiny. It means we are not fulfilling the reason why we are called. We are not in the very purpose of God. The purpose of God is that we will manifest the fact that we are a chosen generation. We will manifest the fact that we are a royal priesthood. We will manifest the fact that we are a holy nation. We will manifest the fact that we are peculiar people. To show forth the praises of him who has called us. To show forth his kingdom. He said, I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, everything that is in heaven, everything that is in heaven, anything that is here on earth that is not in heaven, our job is to deal with it and bring heaven here on earth. Hallelujah, glory to God. This morning, we are going to start this series looking at the kingdom of priest and i'm going to start with what i have titled by the spirit of god the davidic priesthood in other words the priesthood of david the priesthood of david so we are going to look at how the priesthood of david connects with our priesthood as new covenant children of God, and then we look at how the priesthood of David connects with the priesthood of Jesus Christ as well, and of course of Jesus Christ and then us. And then we can now look at the difference between the priesthood of David and the ironic priesthood, in other words, the priesthood of Herod. They are not in the same order. The, 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 the Davidic priesthood is different from the Aaronic priesthood, and we need to understand the difference, because the difference is very key in operating as a priest in the new covenant. Hallelujah. Now that's going to make a lot of difference. So we'll lay the foundation and then we'll begin to look at some other things in, in, in other series. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Let me, let me, let's start with Matthew chapter one, verse one, the very uh, gospel according to St. Matthew chapter one, verse one. This is the very first verse in what we call the New Testament a Bible. It says in Matthew chapter one, it said the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, first the son of David, and then the son of Abraham. Why would Matthew jump generations? He didn't say the son of Joseph. <laughs> he said the son of David, and then jumped about 14 generations, about, gen about, uh, about 14 generations, yes, and then the son of Abraham jumped many generations. It's important that we look at these characters in the Bible. David. Abraham, as a new covenant child of God, these patriarchs are very key to understanding the plan and the purpose of God for us as believers in the new covenant. I know many of us, we know the fate of Abraham. Abraham came and showed us the fact that he's the father of faith. And then we can see the scripture, we can see God pronounce that side of Abraham above every other side of his life so that we can understand the faith of Abraham and understand how to walk by faith as believers. 
But if you look at the life of David, oh, even though Abraham also has a priesthood, he has a side of his priesthood, but you can see the, 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 the Bible really didn't pronounce the, 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 the Abrahamic priesthood, but you can see it talks about the faith of Abraham. So we learned faith from our father Abraham. But when you come to David, and you look at what is it that the Lord pronounced so much, his lifestyle, showing something. He shows the priesthood of David. And so we can learn a lot from the priesthood of David. And you can see the dimension of the workings of God in the life of David. And you look at the dimension of the workings of God in the life of Abraham. Of course, they were able to produce, reproduce results. But you can see that, that they, 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 they have a different dimension of operation. <laughs> you look at the father Abraham. He had all things to, as far as material things are concerned. And the spiritual promise also came to pass. But he worked by faith. Walk by faith with God. And when you come to the David, the life of David, the life of David is so filled with a life of worship, the life of singing and making joyful noise unto the Lord. You see that kind of life in him. You can see how much he used this power, this power, this tool, this mystery to overcome a lot of things in his life. You see it in his work with God. You you know that that's his lifestyle. He was a psalmist to the core. A lifestyle of praise. That was the lifestyle he lived. And then when you begin to dig down into this kind of lifestyle, then you begin to understand that David walked in a lifestyle of a priest. He lived that priestly lifestyle and he was able to enter into some realms with God because of this secret that he got from God. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Oh, let's look a bit about, about uh, David and Abraham. In, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, we see two blind men, and they saw Jesus Christ. And then, what were they saying? Look at it, Matthew 9, 27. I, I'd like you to look at your Bible, or you can look, look of course, look at the screen of, of, of your TV or the screen of your of your. Uh, phone or tablet or iPad. He says, Matthew 9, 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. <laughs> and you see, every time they cried about David, every time they want to provoke the mercy of God, the person they mentioned is the son of David. They mentioned the Davidic lifestyle, the Davidic covenant. They mentioned it because it's a covenant that provokes the mercy of God. And what was the secret? The lifestyle of David, a lifestyle of priesthood. That was the secret. Matthew 21, verse 8 and 9, verse 8 and 9, the Bible says, And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way, others cut and branches from the trees, and straw them in the way. Verse 9, And the multitude that went before and that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. He said, Hosanna in the highest. You see again, they are referring to Jesus here as the son of David. They said, Hosanna to the son of David. They understand. It seems to me that the children of Israel understand something about Jesus Christ being the son of David, having a revelation about Jesus Christ being the son of David, and every time they provoke the supernatural, the power of God, uh, these as they were as they were 
praising God as they were praising Jesus and praising him, declaring he entered triumphantly into Jerusalem. Hallelujah. I mean, that's the way to enter into, into your Portion. That's the way to enter into your city. That's how to take a city. That's how to take a territory. I don't know what territory in the realm of the spirit. I don't know what territory you want to take in an area of your life. Understand this secret. As they were praising God, Jesus Christ marched into Jerusalem triumphantly. That's how to enter into your triumphant. I mean triumphs. Hallelujah. So we see, we see again that the children of Israel understand the power of the connection between Jesus Christ and David. So we, we, we can see this happen again and again. And then look at the angel. When the angel came to Jesus, I mean, when the angel came to Mary to talk about uh, uh, the fact that Mary was going to give birth to a child in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 30, Luke chapter 1, verse 30, he said, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. So you see, Jesus Christ came and took over the throne of David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. In other words, of his kingdom, there shall be no limits. So, so, so this throne, the throne of David releases, removes every barrier, removes every limitation. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we can see the connection between Jesus Christ and David. So the children of Israel must have understood something so special about this this connection. Remember, the Bible talks about the fact that I will give you the sure mercies of David. What provokes that sure mercies? The priesthood life of David. The priesthood life of David gave David that covenant of the sure mercies of David. And that's why the children of Israel, when they call Jesus, they provoke that sure mercies of David. And their situations are changed. Their situations are changed. They understood the connection between Jesus and David. And so what is this connection? What is this connection? And we know that David was not a Levite. David was uh, from the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah were not Levites. So according to the Mosaic law, He was not qualified as a priest, but yet according to the will of God and to the mind of God, David set himself up for the highest kind of ministry that you can ever experience. And that's the priestly ministry. So we saw David perform the rites of a priest. In the Old Testament, even though (laughs) he was not qualified as a priest based on his lineage, but yet he entered into a type of priesthood that is different from the Aaronic priesthood. From the priesthood that the Mosaic law puts down, he was able to enter a higher priesthood that was different from the priesthood of Aaron. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, I show you something that David did, and only a, a priest could actually do that. In fact, he's only a high priest that can do what he did there. I'm going to show you in a moment, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, and said, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his son and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So David got out of trouble. How? Now look at it, verse 7. And David said to Abiata the priest. Abiata was a priest, not a high priest. 
That's Ahimelech's son. You remember Ahimelech? Ahimelech, I'm going to talk about Ahimelech in a moment. He said, I pray thee, bring me hither the effort. And Abiata brought tighter the effort. Now, the effort is the cloth of the high priest. The effort is not the cloth for the priest, ordinary priest. The effort is reserved for the high priest alone. <laughs> it's a priestly garment only for the high priest. In Exodus chapter 29, verse 5, Exodus 29, verse 5, we'll see that, that when Aaron was being decorated, Exodus chapter 29, verse 5, and thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat and the robe of the effort and the effort and the breastplate and guard him with curious girdle of the effort. And then verse 6, And thou shalt put the mitre upon his head and put the holy crown upon the mitre. Verse 7, Then shalt thou take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. Verse 8, And thou shalt bring his sons and put coats upon them. His sons were priests. But he was a high priest. And the effort, which is a linen cloth, but meant only for the high priest. So we see from even the ironic priesthood that it's only the high priest that can make use of the effort. But yet, we see in this place how that David made use of the effort. Though the Bible didn't tell us that he put it on, but I don't know why you should call for a cloth <laughs> and you won't put it on. That means that David put on the effort and then he asked the Lord. He knew that. See, there's no way when you put on the effort, which is the high priest, you command the presence of God right there and there and then ask the Lord. He inquired of the Lord, and David, verse 8, inquired of the Lord, of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after the troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. I mean, <laughs> you see here that even the David operating in the priesthood operated as a high priest. Hallelujah. This is a man that has no lineage. To the priesthood. And yet by his work with God, he connected the heart of God to the point that he could operate as a high priest. <laughs> this is amazing. If any other person, even the priest, the priest, Abiata himself, if he puts on that effort, he's gone. The fire of God would devour him. He would die immediately. But yet David put it on and nothing happened to him. Glory to Jesus. I mean, this is awesome. This is a man after God's heart, after the heart of God. The heart of God connected him and then he went beyond the Lord and then entered into grace and then was able to operate as a high priest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. At another place, when they were bringing back the Ark of the Covenant, we'll see David again uh, putting on the, 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 the effort, which is meant for the high priest. And remember, the very first time he went, he just went as a king. He didn't put on the effort. He didn't go as a priest. You look at what he, he understood his error when God began to prosper Odem in his house within three months, the Lord, because of the ark of the Lord in the house of Obed Odom within three months <laughs> this poor guy became the richest man in town three months three months three months three months I mean that tells us something that tells us if you operate the priesthood within three months oh Galicia your this is your highest ministry as a believer this is your highest calling as a believer, the priesthood calling, being called as a priest. Obed Odom kept the Ark of the Covenant, and the Ark of the Covenant can only be taken care of by the priest. By the priest. 
Obed Adam was not none, was none. And yet, the heart of Obed Adam connected with the heart of God. And then he was able to operate even as a priest that took care of the ark of God. And God prospered him. Three months. Everything changed completely. Hallelujah. Are you still following me? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look at it. I want to read some, I mean, some scriptures from that first Chronicle, first Chronicle chapter 15, the bringing back of the Ark of the Covenant, first Chronicle chapter 15, verse 11. Let's jump to verse 11. We'll be jumping some scriptures. First Chronicle 15, verse 11. And David called for Zadok and Abiatha the priest, and for the Levite, for Uriel, Asiah, Joel, Shemaiah, Eliel, Aminadab. And he said unto them, Ye are the chief of the fathers of the Levite. Sanctify yourself, both ye and your children, that ye may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel into the place that I have prepared for it. For because you did it not at the first the Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. Come on, say due order. There is an order. There, is, there are principles. There's a protocol. There's a protocol. So when they started, they didn't follow that protocol. And that's what was the protocol that they didn't follow? They didn't follow the priesthood protocol in bringing back the Ark of the Covenant. And so a little mistake, Uzzah died. Just a little mistake. A little mistake. If they had followed that order, even if Uzzah had made that mistake, because of following that order, the mercy in priesthood would have flowed for Uzzah. But he died. And you know, David was afraid. <laughs> David didn't want to die. <laughs> and then they looked for the poorest guy. <laughs> and they found him. David commanded, take the, take the ark of the Lord. I mean, you don't have an option when the king has said. And in the very eyes of Obedodom, he saw Uzzah died. <laughs> but thank God. That poor man saw it as an opportunity to take care of the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. He had an understanding, and that made a difference. Three months, his life changed forever. And I'm sure the presence of the Ark stayed in his home forever, even when the Ark was removed. Hallelujah. It's the heart, that heart, that understanding, that revelation, that even makes the difference, even in the Old Testament. So, verse 14, cross Chronicle 15, 14. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levite bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon, as Moses commanded, according to the word of the Lord. Verse 16. And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers with instrument of music. You can see, the Levites should be the singers with the instrument of music. Sartre and halves and cymbals sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. This is very key. Lifting up the voice with joy, not with anger, not with complaint, but with joy. Glory to God. And then you come down to verse 25. Come down to verse 25 and see what happened. I want to show you something. So, so David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of obed Odom with sorrow. They did it with joy. <laughs> the priesthood ministry of the believer is a ministry of joy. It's a ministry of joy. It says, out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. 
And verse 26, and it came to pass when God helped the Levites that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams. Look at verse 27. This is where I'm going. And David was clothed with a robe of fine linen. And all the Levites that bear the ark and the singers and Chenaer, the master of the song with the singers. David also had upon him an effort of linen. Again, you can see again here. So David was putting on the effort of linen, which is meant only for who? The high priest. He was putting on the high priest. And the first time when they went, he didn't put on this. But the second time, he knew that the only way to get the ark of the Lord is when you operate the ministry of priesthood. And then, verse 28, Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with sorrow. Is that with shouting, glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. I hope you can hear me well. Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> so, thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with sorrow. Is that what it says? With complaints? He said, with shouting and with sound of the cornet and with trumpets and with cymbals, making a noise with sultry and hard. Glory to God. Let me read from NIV, New International Version, of verse 27 and verse 28 of that first Chronicle 15. Now David was clothed in a robe of fine linen, as were all the Levites who were carrying the ark. Can you see? He was wearing the same cloth, the same robe that the priests were wearing. And then you come and say, David also wore a linen effort upon it. That's the cloth of the high priest. Glory to Jesus. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Makatuzi. Rosti Brani Hengladusha. Glory to Jesus. Are you still following me this morning? Are you being blessed? We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. So we see David again operated the ministry of the high priest here. And then he was able to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. And take note, the very first time he went, he went just as a king. He didn't, went, he didn't go as a king priest. He didn't go as a king priest. But this time around, he went as a king priest, as a royal priesthood. And then he brought the ark of the Lord back. Glory to Jesus. Then another time in 1 Samuel chapter 21, verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 21, verse 1. We see David and his men ate the hallowed bread that was meant only for the priest. And because you notice something that because of the work that David had with God, even the men that were with him were baptized into the same priesthood. He says, 1 Samuel 21 verse 1, he said, Then came David to Nob to Ahimelech the priest. Remember that Ahimelech's son Abiathar was the priest that was with David in the wilderness. So, so he said, and Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone and no man with thee? And David said unto Ahimelech the priest, The king had commanded me a business, and I said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee. Of course, he was lying here. Amen. And what I have commanded thee, and I have appointed my servant to such and such a place. Now, Saul never sent him anywhere. He was running away from Saul. Amen. Glory to God. Not today. I don't want to discuss. I don't want to go into that. Amen. <laughs> so I know some people are like, whoa, so he's lying to the priest. Okay, don't worry. Let, let's, we, 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 uh, this is not the day to talk about that. But I, I'm just concerned about Jesus, Jesus Christ uh, comment on this. We come, and if Jesus didn't talk about David's line, so I don't know whether I should talk. I mean, I should be worrying myself about it. Amen. Glory to God. And now that does not legitimate lie. You need to understand that we have a better covenant than David had. Even though he worked, he tried to peep in and then walk in our covenant, but still we still have a better covenant 
than him, but we, we, because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, taking us to another level, but we are still connected to him. Amen. So he says, he says, now therefore what is under thy hand, give me five loaves of bread in my hand, and, or what there is present. And the priest answered David and said, there is no common bread under my hand, but there is hallowed bread, only meant for the priest. If the young men have kept themselves at least from women, and David answered the priest and said unto him, of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in a manner common, yea, though it was sanctified this day in the vessel. So by revelation, he was able to, to explain to the priest and give the priest the reason why the men, I mean, they had to take the, the, the hallowed bread. So the priest gave him hallowed bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread, the showbread, the showbread that was taken from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Hallelujah. And so the men ate it. So what, how did Jesus Christ Talk about this incident that happened in Matthew chapter 12. In Matthew chapter 12. We start reading from verse 1. Matthew 12 verse 1. We're going somewhere. Matthew 12 1. And at that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn. And his disciples were hungry and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat it. On the Sabbath day you're not supposed to be in the farm area. But here, Jesus and his disciples were at the farm area. Remember, Jesus didn't pluck it, but the disciples were plucking it. You know? So, so and they were eating because they were hungry. Verse 2, he said, but when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, in other these Pharisees, they are always following Jesus. Looking. So that means they were, they were tracing Jesus without uh, the disciples knowing. I'm sorry, because even the disciples had known. Even though they were hungry, they would not have eaten that corn. So, so maybe they are hiding somewhere, always sending spies to follow Jesus. And then the moment they saw the disciples eating, I'm sure they got all the, 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 the chief uh, Pharisees to come. And then they said unto him, Thy disciple do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath. But he said unto them, have you not read what David did? Listen here. David was an institution in Israel. He was an institution in Israel. And that's why you see they understood the sure mercies of David. Jesus Christ, the son of David, have mercy on me. And so, and so look at it. So he says, have you not read what David did when he was hungry, and they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat. So we can see that it was not lawful for him and his men to eat. So it wasn't a matter of whether they kept themselves or not. They were, it was not lawful, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priest. But because David knew that he was a priest, not according to the Aaronic priesthood, but to another, according to another kind of priesthood. I'm coming to that now. We're, we're getting there. We need to just get there. So verse 5, Or have you not read in law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> and yet they are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You will not have condemned the guiltless. He said, this guy, these people, the disciples are guiltless. He said, if you understand. So, so that's what provoked the sure mercies of David in Isaiah 55 verse 3, when, when the scripture, you know, uh, when, when the Bible talked about the sure mercies of David, we can just read it. So I've been quoting it, but let's read this time around. It said, incline your ears, incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. An everlasting covenant, which is even the sure mercies of David. 
So that every time, he said, Jesus said, verse 7 of, uh, of that chapter 12, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You will not have condemned the guiltless. If you understand that scripture, that's what Jesus was telling. If you understand that scripture, you will not. There's a dimension that the priesthood of understanding the priesthood of David and which is the kind of priesthood that Jesus had and the kind of priesthood that was also given to us, that understanding it and understanding the protocol, we begin to provoke the mercy of God. A lot of people don't understand what the mercy of God. They just think that the mercy of God is, the, is, the, is, is just, is just uh, when God have, have mercy on you because of sin. It's beyond that. The mercy of God causes the flow of God. It causes the flow of the supernatural. It causes the flow of the miraculous. It's the mercy of God that causes salvation. It's the mercy of God that caused Jesus to come to this world. The mercy of God. And God says there's a sh you can get to that point where you have a sure mercy. A sure mercy. That's nicknamed the show mercies of David. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's why every time the children of Israel and they cry, Jesus Christ, the son of David, have mercy. They are provoking the show mercies of David. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, so we, we see how the Jesus Christ talked about what David did. Even though David, according to his lineage, was not a priest, and yet he lived a lifestyle of the priest. So it means that his priesthood was not according to the Aaronic priesthood. So if David's priesthood is different from Aaron's priesthood, then what kind of priesthood? What kind of priesthood? Even in 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 15, I read from the New International Version, 2 Samuel 8, 15. The children of the sons of David were referred to as priests. Verse 15, it says, David reigned over all Israel, doing what was just and right for all his people. And uh, Joab, son of Zeria, was over the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was recorder. Zadok, son of Ahitub and Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, uh, were priests. Syria uh, was secretary. Beniah, son of uh, Johada, was over the Keratite and Pelatite. And David's sons were priests. That's what, that's NIV. And that's why if you, uh, the, the, the King James Version says, uh, David's son were the chief officers. Officers. You know In other words, they are like, they, they oversee the priest. A priest is one that oversees the priest. So it means that the priesthood of David is a different kind of priesthood. It's a priest after a particular order, after a particular ordinance. In Ezra chapter 3, Ezra chapter 3 verse 10. Ezra chapter 3 verse 10. When we're building, they were building the, 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 the temple, the foundation of the temple. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with Simba to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. So David brought another kind of priesthood that was beyond the ironic priesthood that began to produce superior results, and then it became an ordinance in Israel. And then people began to fulfill the priesthood ministry according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to God. So what kind of priesthood did David have? What kind of priesthood did David have? What kind of priesthood? Oh, I need to begin to round up. <laughs> the time has really gone, but, but, but I, I just need to land somewhere that we can say, yes, you understand this message. What kind 
What kind? Look at Psalm 110, verse 4. Psalm 110, verse 4. Now, this is a messianic uh, psalm, a messianic prof uh, prophetic word concerning the Messiah. But you need to understand that uh, for every prophecy that came, even in the Old Testament, there is a local application, a local application of such prophecy even then. So, so, but this word actually came to David himself. It's a psalm of David. Psalm 110 is a psalm of David. Maybe I should start from verse 1. Can we read from verse 1? Let me do a quick reading there. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make my enemy, thy enemies, thy foes too. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion, rule thou in the midst of thy enemy. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. And the beauties of holiness from the womb of the money, thou hast the dew of thy youth. Then verse 4, The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest <clears throat> forever after the order of Melchizedek. These words came to David and said, see, David, you are a priest, but not after the order of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek. And it's the same priesthood that Jesus Christ also operated. So that's why Jesus did not come from the Aaronic priesthood from the tribe of Aaron. No, Jesus came from Judah. Judah means praise. Carrying the priesthood that is according to the order of Melchizedek. So we we'll see that there's a connection between the priesthood of David and the priesthood of the Messiah. The priesthood of Jesus Christ. So every Messianic reference in the Old Testament has a first and local application. So you see this scripture refers to David and then to the Messiah. Refers to David and Jesus. So David was a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. So also was Jesus a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And that brings us to the priesthood of the believer, which is according to the priesthood of Jesus, and which is also according to the priesthood of Melchizedek, which is also according to the priesthood of David. <laughs> Glory to God. Our priesthood is not according to the ironic priesthood. And what is the big difference here? The big difference is that the Aaronic priesthood is localized under the law. But the priesthood of Melchizedek is according to grace. According to grace. And there's a huge difference. We begin to look, we begin to see the difference. When we, for example, if we, if we read, because of time, uh, I won't be able to read. But, but just, just let me read one scripture as I wrap it up so that we can see a connection. That's why Jesus, I mean, the word of God says in that first Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he said, we are what? A royal priesthood. So another major difference between the ironic, which is key, which is key, apart from the ironic priesthood is localized within the law, while Jesus' priesthood, Davidic priesthood, is localized within grace, within a lifestyle produced by God. A major, major difference between the ironic priesthood and the Davidic priesthood is that the priesthood of Aaron was just limited to being just a priest. While the Davidic priesthood was a king priesthood. Or put it this way, a kingly priesthood. 
which is a royal priesthood. And that's very key. They are not the same. Operating as a priest, just an ordinary priest, is not the same as a royal priesthood. We're going to begin to look at this key difference on Wednesday by God's grace. We begin to look at it as we begin to read. That's why the Bible says that he has made us kings. You see, he made us kings first and then priests forever. And that's the Davidic priesthood. That's the priesthood of Melchizedek. Hallelujah. Your priesthood is according to the Melchizedek priesthood. Is the king of Salem, the king of peace. He releases peace everywhere he goes. Where there's a problem, he releases the peace of God. Jesus said unto his disciples, he says, I send you out. He said, wherever you go, any house you get into, any city you get into, tell them, peace be unto you. And if, they if the son of a peace is there, he will welcome you. He said, but if the son of a peace is not there, is that just wash your hand and take your peace? You understand? So the peace is a reality, is a substance. It's a substance that you can release. It's a substance that you can take. Glory to Jesus. The kingly, the royal priesthood is a ministry that releases peace into every situation. You are a priest according to the order of David, according to the order of Melchizedek, according to the order of Jesus Christ, a kingly priest you are. Begin to take your position as a priest. We'll begin to look at who a kingly priest is. We'll begin to look at it very well and what are the benefits that, will, that comes as a result of you taking your place as a kingly priest that you are as a believer. Thank you for listening to this message. We know you have received the word that will launch you to greater heights. Please share your testimonies with us through email to info at dlcc.org.ng. Call us or chat with us on 0803-288-7871. Best of all, come worship with us at 27 Shonola Street, Ogba, Aguda, Lagos. For more information on our worship time and programs, please visit www.dlcc.org.ng. Like us on Facebook at Destiny Life Christian Center. Follow us on Twitter at DLCC Lagos. Follow us on Instagram at DLCC underscore Lagos. Remember, you are deeply loved, you are highly favored, you are greatly graced, you are marvelously helped. You have a great destiny and you are fulfilling it.